listening to the old school Jesus videos. Yeah, they were great. Anyway, hey, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come hang out with us one Sunday morning. Our service is at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a church, you can attend online, digitally, virtually. Uh, we do live stream our service. Uh, our YouTube channel is Calvary316.live. We also stream on Facebook, facebook.com slash Calvary316. You can learn all about the church by just going to calvary 316 com. I'm joined in studio by the man that needs no introduction, the maestro of this dysfunction, d- dastardly, Creighton Vaughn. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Outlaw Radio Show where nothing goes weird and everything works the way it's supposed to. So you you've said that like you're you're gonna rock a hat for a while because you're gonna grow your hair out. I have said that. Yes, you're gonna actually grow. So I remember when you had like a long ponytail, and it was um it was pretty crazy looking. Well, yeah, I was also like, is that what you're going to go for? So I haven't decided how long I'm going to go. The last time I had long hair was in high school, um, and I did not take care of it because I was in high school. Yeah. Um, so my goal this time is to get long hair again and then take care of it. I'm thinking at least shoulder length. Um, mm. I don't know yet, though. There's still the, there's still the chance that at some point I'm going to be sitting at work because I work from home, and I'm going to do this, and I'm just going to go, nope, and I'm going to shave my head. Like that's, <laughs> that's a strong possibility. There's still a possibility that's going to happen, but I'm going to do my best. You're going to do your best. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Anyway, we're also joined uh, in studio by Spice Daddy. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I've been enjoying your sermons, uh, specifically the reactions of the audience or the, you gotta, the, you gotta the give member. the audience, our uh, audience, yeah. uh, an understanding of what you're referring to. So Zach's been going through a, uh, sermon series on the song of solomon verse by verse verse by verse and it has been interesting uh nevertheless uh mainly i i it's hard to pay attention to the sermon when i'm so busy watching the the people listening to the sermon Mm. because you never know what you're going to say i know it's going to be good and their reactions are great and as far as creighton having a ponytail if he has a ponytail i will not be able to trust him because one of my, true. One of my rules, is, one of my rules rule of life. life is never trust a man with a ponytail. Chad Mosley rocks a pony, only ponytail. Only exceptions maybe awesome. Chad Mosley, right? But uh, even then, it's a little. Sh- it depends on if he has a pony. If it, if his hair is long and flowing, okay. I, I but if you ponytail it, if you ponytail it, mm-hmm. instant non-trust. Man bun, you got to pass. Mm. No, well, hey, you just oh, man bun's <laughs> just a, a hidden ponytail. So the audience heard the next <laughs> voice. Next voice, we've got um, Isaac. Uh, we came up with a name. What was the name for football mom? Football mom. Yeah. Football mom in the house. We're kind of working on a different angle for football mom. Uh, we're experimenting around with some different lighting and, and et cetera. I like this angle. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that. What do you think? Creighton? You like it? I like it. I think it's great. I think I like how you can see spice daddy and football mom at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So for the price of one and honestly, Dexter, I didn't really like football. Football mom's a name I can be proud of. Football mom <laughs> is, yeah. No, I, I think it, it better reflects your spirit for sure. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, yeah, we, so the, just in case you're, 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 well, if good grief, I don't know if I've, if I've, if we've said this at all. So the way the studio is crafted. So I've got a studio in my house, uh, that we built out. It was my office way before it was a studio. And so I'm sitting here, I'm looking, you know, at, at you guys, uh, the audience, but if, if I'm panning counterclockwise and I go to here, 
I'm looking directly at Creighton. So Creighton is, let's say if this is 12, Creighton is what? I'd say maybe 1030, no, t- uh, like 11 o'clock. I, I can't tell is, from your clock. I don't know how to do that math. It's like a 1030 um, here. And then if I keep working my way around the room, I'll go, I'll go over and then I get to, <clears throat> so we've got football mom. And then behind football mom is a gigantic monitor um, that has everything. So Creighton's on the mixer. He's switching camera angles, but we've got a big TV that mirrors that screen so that I can see, you know, what we're putting actually on the air. Um, and so Isaac is now kind of in front of that monitor. And then if I move, I would say, I guess to nine o'clock, I get to spice daddy. And then if, if we move just a, a click over, there's the couch, which spice daddy was on, I miss which, that couch. <laughs> which is now, which is now set up for, for audience members. And directly in front of me is the, the audience chair. Um, and so it's kind of like just the layout of the studio. It's, it's a built this out of my garage. So it's a short ceiling because my garage door still goes up and down and, uh, but it's pretty cozy. A lot of, a lot of cedar wood, um, leather. That's great. And yeah. if anybody in the audience missed that description, Creighton has some super fancy secret scroll software that he can make a drawing out of just so you guys get the full picture. I don't have that. The full picture. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> Justin, just you guys take a paint. take a screenshot or two just of the room at well, some they point. Go, then go back and look at the uh, the promo photos you put on a lot of the episodes, and it kind of shows. Well, that's it. true. That does show some of it. So uh, we need to get some some more pictures, and so that's kind of kind of the the, the layout, the structure, and uh, and it's great because I can I can I can see the whole room. Uh, you, you guys can see me. It's 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 a nice setup. I wish we wish that we could move this camera, theoret a little bit further over. To give, because I look this way. So the reason I look to the left, my left, your right, is that uh, this is where these guys are. Um, I look this way; it's a wall. Um, mm-hmm. And so if I look forward, I don't see them. So I, I I pivot most of the time to the left because I'm talking to these guys and I want to see them. Uh, it would be nice to move this camera a little bit this direction, but then that that plays with a whole lot of other stuff uh, within the room, and uh, we just haven't really perfected that i would say also everything's I, a work in progress yeah the bb gun would be in the shot and that would probably get this video it's monetized. a four, it's a 14 gauge shotgun actually <laughs> it looks like a little rider it's a 14 gauge shotgun that was my great great grandfather's four, 410 it's a 14 gauge no it's an actual old four, 14, 14 gauge it's a 14 gauge i, I got shotgun shells over there for it Oh, it's bizarre. I never, I never noticed it when I was cleaning it up a little bit for you, but it was, it's bizarre. It's a 14 gauge shotgun, which it's, is, which is nice. strange. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot that thing at this point. So you remember when we actually took it out, I, I had gotten it from my grandfather and, and we went to a, so we do a, a men's event we call eat, pray, shoot. Um, <laughs> it's basically a men's prayer breakfast with guns. And so, uh, it's we a militia eat, prayer breakfast. We eat, we pray and then we shoot guns. And, uh, I took that shotgun once and never, I had never fired it. I was a little afraid of it. And, uh, this old guy was like, give me that thing. And he walked behind a pine tree and shot just in case he was like, ah, if it blows my hand off, whatever. Um, and he shot it and it worked. Um, did I ever tell you the story? The, the only time I've had to, to, yes, you have. So this was several, you guys have never heard this story. So, um, I was at my old house. And, um, 
our dog, her name was Kaya, and she never barked at anything. She was she was a, a blue Sharpay, the most docile, laid back. She never Sharpays are supposed to be guard dogs, uh, worst guard dog on the planet. And so one night, middle of the night, I woke up and she was barking, which was bizarre. Never. I mean, Creighton, you knew Kaya. She, she would never bark. Never. And uh, it was like the middle of the night. And so our, our, our master was on the second floor. And so I go out of the, the bedroom. I kind of look down the hallway and Kaya is at the top of the stairs. I mean, bowed up, barking, growling, bowed up. So Quincy was in the guest bedroom, Jessica was, you know, so I, I grabbed my shotgun, loaded it, made as much noise as I could cocking that thing. Jess grabbed Quincy, went to our room. And uh, so I went and um, I said, Kaya, get back. And so I kind of like Jack Bowered my way, you know, down the stairs, you know, just, you know, there's going to be action. I mean, Kaya would not be barking. Well, I get to like the bottom of the stairs and I turn and it's, it's kind of comical. So earlier that day, Jessica and Quincy had gone to Chick-fil-A and, and Quincy had gotten a balloon. And I guess at some point the balloon had been in, in the kitchen and it had kind of deflated enough that it was like head level, like you know, six <laughs> foot. And then it had floated down the hallway to the front door. And we had these, these, these French, do, uh, these French doors were our, our front door, which was terrible. And it was just hovering. So Kaya had thought, you know, because it looked like someone was at the door. And so I see the balloon. Uh, for for measure's sake, I you know, I have to sweep the premises. I thought you, know. you were gonna say you shot it. No, I, no, like, I didn't. That, that, that would have been sense. well, so so I get I get done, we're in the clear, I go back upstairs, and then it dawns on me like I've cocked this shotgun and I'm not I, I can't uncock it. Um, is that right? That one? Yes. Now there is a way to do it, but I've, I've shot this gun like once and I'm like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow a hole in the wall or the floor. And so this loaded shot, cocked loaded shotgun, I took to the closet, I put it down, put it in the corner, put some, some clothes around it. Didn't want like little Quincy locked the door. And then that day I was like, I got to do something with the shotgun. So we had woods behind our house. And so just like middle of the day, you know, I, I, I just walked by the fence, boom, right into the ground, just walked right back in, picked up the shells. And was like, <laughs> yeah, we're good. I didn't have to really worry. The neighborhood we lived in, there were, there were gun, you know, it was, it was not abnormal to hear gunshots. Mostly so gang-related. Yeah, mostly gang-related. A real hard part of Snellville, uh, you know, you know <laughs> we Snellville. lived in. Anyway, so... Um, just got to pull the trigger as you're holding the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a way like to a do revolver. it. There's a way to do it. I just wasn't confident enough. So yeah, I've seen my lots of story. videos on the internet of people going to uncock revolvers and their finger slips somewhere and just blowing a hole in their, you know, sometimes in their hand because they're stupid and they uncock their gun like that. So we, uh, the way the show works is uh, this is a live stream show. Outlaw Radio Show, 8 o'clock Wednesday nights. We uh, podcast the audio of the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, really wherever you get your podcasting. That, that drops on Thursday. Um, what's great is we can interact uh, in real time with the audience. There are several ways uh, that you can interact with us. In the moment, uh, there's really uh, two fundamental ways. Uh, you can um, comment in the, the, the comment sections of the live stream. 
So we're streaming on our YouTube channel, which is outlawradio.live. And then we're also streaming on facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, which is our Facebook page. Speaking of which, everyone say, hey, Miss Ann. She says, good evening, gents. Hey, Miss Ann. Fantastic. So you can can drop a comment on, on those threads. Creighton is monitoring those, and just like he did. Um, to the best of his ability, we'll, we'll interject um, those greetings, salutations, questions, comments, whatnot. Uh, the other way that you can is I have I have my phone right here, and uh, our our Google number, our church number is six seven eight 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 three 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 sixteen six seven eight 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 three 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 one six is is the number, and I've got. Um, I'm monitoring it. So in real time, you could text a question or a comment or like this past week, you can, um, you can text whenever you're, whenever you're listening. So on Friday at 5 a.m., we got a text message that said, Hey, 15 minutes into episode 247 was super helpful. I'm blessed to be able to co-lead a boys group. Our topic is pictures of discipleship through Matthew. And so kind of commenting, Again, was listening, I guess, to the podcast or watching at 5 a.m., probably on the way to work. Uh, heard the number, dropped a text, so you can do that. And then also our email address, um, which we get a lot of uh, wonderful traction on, is PopeCrayton at gmail.com. Great Again, email address. PopeCrayton at gmail.com. So um, I know we've got a question. I, I believe Isaac, uh, football mom, has a question. Before we do that, though, um, and this is not like, I don't want to preempt this with like some long conversation, but I did have a thought today. <laughs> I, 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 did, I don't want to preempt this with some long conversation, but I, yeah. So, so I, I, I am, um, I've always been a big believer, um, in, in spaces, um, environment, um, great. As long as you've known me, you know, I, I've always kind of placed premium on, on there's something about the, an environment, a space um, that that fosters creativity. I've talked about you know my I've, I've built out an office. Um, this is my buddy, Bible study nook. Um, when I was doing Outlaw Radio on my own, I had to find another space, and I had to find something creative. So I went to a lo- local restaurant known as Bistro. I've always been um, like the the first. Um, when I, when I came, graduated from Bible college, we came back and we started the strand the first week we went in and just totally changed the setup. We created a really cool vibe, um, low lights, couches, lava lamps. We tore down a wall. Yeah, well, that was the middle school group. That was six, seven months later. But like, like even our youth ministry, we always had a cool look, um, to, you know, we were always on a budget, so we had to kind of employ, um, you know, it was it was measured and what we could spend, but I think I think we always did a pretty good job of creating a cool, um, I think worshipful, friendly, fun vibe. Uh, when we were doing the youth conferences, we kind of did the same thing. Even when we would go do a, a youth camp, we'd take our kids down to Laguna Beach, and it's like this sterile classroom, which is where we're supposed to have our Bible studies. Well, what did we do? We hung a curtain across the back. We brought uh, these poles, hung our own lighting, brought TVs. You know, everywhere we went, you know. Because there's something about an environment um, that I think it encourages certain certain things. Uh, you know, um, I like I, my my preference is low light and like a worship setting. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I I don't really like about 
Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia, as an example, which they have a wonderful, the East Coast Pastors Conference is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's very sterile. Like there's very little technology in the room. The lights are bright. Um, it's kind of like, we don't need this to worship God. And, and like, I get, I get the sentiment. I understand kind of that perspective. Um, but I'm, but I am, um, like I do like, there's an environment in heaven. There's an aesthetic to heaven. You study heaven. The worship scene of heaven is pretty radical. I say all that to say, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of hedging myself here. Um, so I was, I was at the gym today and, uh, the way that my gym is structured is on the floor. So you walk in the, the, the bottom floor, it's this massive room and it's got all, it's, it's all the free weights, the weight machines, um, the, the, the whole back wall, the side wall, it's all glass. <clears throat> they have TVs all over the place. And then like the center of the room, there's like a TV hanging circular thing, you know, in the center. But like if, like for myself, if you want to do cardio, none of that's on the, the bottom floor. You have to go up the stairs to the second floor, which is kind of a balcony. Like it's, it's it doesn't cover the whole building. It's a just mezzanine. A mezzanine. It's like half of it. And the treadmills, so you have the whole bottom floor and the treadmills are on the second level facing the bottom floor. So you're, you're able from the treadmill, you see the entire place. You see like from people walking in the front door to wherever they go on the bottom floor, you get the full, like what's under you is the bathrooms, um, kind of the spa, the sauna, whatever, you know, those type of things are under you. So you get a full look, um, of, of the gym. Uh, great place for people watching. I mean, two, the two best places to watch people, um, I would say is the airport one airports, fantastic. And then the gym, you get, you get some interesting things anyway. So I'm sitting there today and you got to realize like where I'm walking directly across, there's all these televisions and every TV. Uh, I won't say they're all like on different channels, but they're like blocks of channels, you know, kind of like spread out. So you've got your, your normal, like, ESPN, you've got like a Fox News one, uh, you've got like the time of day I go, you get the local Fox and it's Porsche, you know, this black lady talk show, which is, again, you're not hearing it, but you get the subtitles. It's very comical. Well, today, the the the, the screen likes right across from me. It was different. And, and I caught myself at first. So like whatever the show was, like they have like the intro and it was big and like there was a stage and it had all these LED screens and there was lights and and I'm not kidding this is was funny I was like shoot they're putting like a mega church on there like this is like Andy Stanley or this is I don't know what church this is but this has to be some like pretty big like cuz it had this is Bethel or maybe they got Hillsong on there like I have no idea what it's about to be because the aesthetic to the stage, the lighting, all of it is like what churches spend copious amounts of money to accomplish. Right. And then I saw what it was and I started dying laughing. It was, it was wrestling <laughs> like professional it was WWE. WWE, you know, whatever the wrestling was. And like, they come out with smoke it, the, the entire aesthetic of pro wrestling, I thought, was a Bethel service or Hillsong service or some big church service. That's so what I'm hearing right now. 
No, well, I know yeah. what you're about to say. <laughs> what I'm saying right not. now is we need a smoke machine and a walkout song for you when you step up. No, that. no, that's that's the wrong takeaway <laughs> from from this conversation. But but seriously, I had this thought like there's got to be something wrong with that. Like like we're trying to emulate like modern churches are like we're creating an aesthetic that more represents WWE wrestling than anything else. Like literally the LED screen structure that they had is almost identical to a church I won't name, but we all know. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, I mean, you could turn your sanctuary into world wrestling because you've got all the technology for it. But like, this is just kind of bizarre. And it really got me thinking. So this got me into like a whole, a whole deal. Can we string up a ring on the stage and see, you know, I appreciate (laughs) spice daddy, your on brand, uh, you know, no, is the answer. You wouldn't want to see me and Creighton wrestling each other. Absolutely not. If it was mud wrestling, I would say yes. Mud. That's where, that's, that's where we went. And there were no camera movements to any of that Creighton. So that was all on me that whole time. Yeah, I know. I was a little distracted. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the thought. Now, Now, Initial, initial reaction, because I'm going to go someplace with this. But, like, Creighton, did you see that coming? Um, so after you started to describe, like, the lights, and then you were like, it looked like it was about, I was like, oh, it's probably the Grammys, or... I, you I could think understand that reference. if it was theatrical. But absolutely, that's exactly what I thought. And my first reaction is kind of like, if you're doing all of that, and are also putting on, like, a deep meaty Bible study. Cool. I think it's very interesting that I feel like I don't see that kind of setup and good theology together often. Okay. Let me let you guys jump in before I pivot this. Yeah. So my thought is there, there's no problem with that at all, in my opinion, because if you, if you think, take, different pieces like worship for instance there's a reason why worship music sounds a lot like maybe pop music or just popular music today because that's the sound that people connect with and so you know would would it would i don't know it'd be kind of silly if we still played you know hymnals the whole thing that's just not no 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 i'm 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 tracking with you that that's definitely one of the one of the arguments that's made, mm-hmm. um, I think that's interesting. Spice Daddy, jump in. I guess for me, it boils down to, is this a distraction or not? Because if they have a, like, we just got a new light system at 316. It's got a lot of functionality. Like, if you have somebody that God's given them the talent to design, like, a, a, a light show or something like that, why not encourage them to use that creativity for, for that purpose? But at the same time is, is what they're doing and producing a distraction to what the whole point of the church gathering is. Listen, I think, I think a a wonderful addition to the conversation. I mean, you guys are, you guys are hitting on, on, I think very um, relevant um, perspectives on this particular topic. But, but let me let me 
let me take this a different direction for a second. And and I don't I don't really have a conclusion to this, by the way. I'm just, just kind of this was my um this was my experience on the treadmill today. Um I think this probably was my my I was listening to Joe Foch and Song of Solomon, and I think it's terrible uh, because he <laughs> takes an allegorical approach, and I want to talk to Joe about that. And I was like, eh, and my mind just started going someplace else because it was like, eh, yeah, you know, whatever. So if you go back historically, you know, the, the thing about the church, now we're not going to get into like, we're not going to parse Catholicism and um, Eastern Orthodoxy or Protestantism. We're just going to just take big C church, just the church. You know, the thing that has always been um, true is the church, when it came to art and aesthetics, was always distinct from culture and in a large extent, um, groundbreaking. Most of, and, and, and that you can, you can make that case when it comes to academics. That's also true. Certain sciences, that's true. But like within art, um, a lot of art was, was done within the con context of the church, the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo, Leonardo, you know, you just go get it, but, but you get back to the, the cathedrals. Like cathedrals were works of art. Um, I've had the chance to, to see a few from Westminster Abbey in London to um, the, the big church in Cologne, Germany, which is, is one of the, the tallest church, I think, in the world. I haven't been, was never able to go to Notre Dame, but, um, but you see these images. Um, I saw on, on Twitter somebody showed uh, St. I think it's St. Peter's, Basilica, whatever the one is in, in Moscow or, or St. Petersburg, it's in Russia at winter. And you're like, this is unbelievably beautiful. And this thing's been around for a thousand years, you know, whatever. And, and you go in and like the acoustics are naturally unbelievable. And, and the look, the, 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 um, the stained glass, you know, that there is, that the church has always been on the forefront of art and creativity and aesthetic. There was nothing like churches for thousand plus years. They were the biggest buildings. They had the best acoustics. Um, it wasn't until probably what I would say the 15, 16 hundreds Shakespeare that you started getting actual well, you could go earlier. Rome had certain things, but like I'm just saying, like you got to a point that the church was determining a unique aesthetic. It was never trying to copy the world. The world was trying to copy the church. I think I think that there's something weird about the last 50, 60, 70 years or whatever where the, the, there's been this flip to the church trying to copy, copy the world as opposed to trying to set its own trend. Which gets into, like, again, what you're saying, Justin, of like, hey, you have someone that's creative, uh, that, that, that has a, a, an artistic flair. Why copy the world? 
like W like like our lighting systems and the best brightest churches around with all of the money in the world that's spending tons of it what 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 do they look the most like WWE and it's like oh you okay obviously very popular but is that creative do you do you think we lost that and you guys know what I'm saying. I, I just yeah. let's just start there. Like you guys kind of understand the direction I'm going. Like do I'm not trying to knock being modern. I think we should totally be. Mo- I just think we should be creative. Do you think we lost that during the Puritan age though? Specifically, could in be America, like where the Puritans are just like nothing. It's all plain Jane. We cut out aesthetic types. altogether. Yeah. We cut out aesthetic, and and I think like, and it would be around that time period that you, you're seeing this shift to to where that and I think now is just this backlash of you know Christians are they're not trying to be they're in the world not of it but that's also of it with doing the stuff but I mean it's kind of like we lost that ability to be creative I guess during the Puritan age I I think that that again I don't have like a solid direction to this conversation I think that that's a, a very interesting, interesting point, which I would encourage somebody in the audience, maybe you want to look into it, of just, you know, because there's not, the one thing that makes, um, even Protestantism in America different than Protestantism in Europe is aesthetic. Well, you don't have, you don't have too many old churches in America that stand to the test of time like you do in Europe. A lot of those buildings were built over lifetimes. Oh, for sure. And I think that a big part of, and I completely agree with what you're saying, though maybe I differ on the con- conclusion. Um, Again, I don't have a conclusion, well, so we're, we're just kind of well, working out an idea together. Where you're going, I guess back in the time period you're describing, you know, when we're talking about, you know, Big C Church, there was most of the population was involved in the church. A lot of the big artists were, you know, they, they had ties to faith where now less so. And, you know, there, if you, if you look at anything, actually the aesthetic of any building lately, it's like kind of ugly. That's true. Now there's a point to, there's a point to just the aesthetic, the difference in aesthetic of like the nineties and two thousands Mm-hmm. to even 1910. Look at our, yeah. our, our train stations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tucker Carlson talks a lot about, about, right. about beauty, about beauty and, and just kind of the bastardization of like our government builds buildings to oppress people. Yes. But you also, there's nothing built with beauty. But the thing right. is you also only see the, the beauty and like so the creativity and like the churches and stuff it is in Europe almost solely. Cause when you go to the other, other parts of the world where Christianity is, the, the, the building is not a, like a super big focus of, of the thing. Is that half the time they're going to get arrested and or killed if they, if so, they you, know, you know what I'm saying? The, oh, so you, to, you bring up a, a valid point, but, but what I would counter, and, and again, I, I, don't, I don't want this to go the wrong way. I think you guys will know what I'm saying, but like, like let's even take a step back from Christianity. Religion in general, people that worship God, whether it's many gods or whatever, there's something about the the downflow and the the response. Like you look at like what are the most beautiful structures in the world? Um, within Hinduism, there's some beautiful buildings. Buddhism, beautiful buildings. Islam, beautiful buildings. 
Like there, there, there is again, kind of an artistic expression that flows out of a theistic view of the world. And I think we can say that broadly. Now, obviously, you know, these are cults. It's funny. I, um, there's a capital one commercial and I didn't, I didn't think anybody had picked up on this at all. And I, we, we were New Year's Day. We were at my dad's house, my mom and dad's. We were watching football. And this commercial came on. And I started laughing. I was like, that is the dumbest thing. And my dad was like, did you see it? I said, no way. He had seen the same thing I did. And we laughed about it. So it's like this woman, this modern woman with short hair. And it's showing like all the places she's gone, all places she's been. Have you seen it? You know what I'm talking I, about? I saw I saw pictures of it. I didn't see the actual. Okay. I might have sent you a picture of it. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah. but this woman is walking out with no, short hair, modern dress. And, and it's obviously it's green screened. But it's the Dome of the Rock. On the Temple Mount. First, she would never be allowed as a woman on the Temple Mount, not with a head covering. She would have that woman walking out would have been stoned to death. And like Capital One thinks, we'll just throw this out there. Because they got the Taj Mahal, they've got this, that, and the other. And they're like, well, throw the Dome of the Rock out there. And it's like the most lit like you have no idea what world you live in, Capital One. Um I think most of the I mean, most of the Hollywood types don't know what they're talking about when it comes to any religion, much well, less that's Christianity true. So, yeah. I mean, or, or Judaism. So, so I mean, and again, like, okay, I can make, I can make an argument that God, that God's into space and aesthetic. I mean, I mean, God spends books of our Bible using painstaking detail of everything that he wanted crafted and created in the worship of the temple, the tabernacle, down to God was specific on what the priests were to wear, their attire, the utensils, how were they, they to be made. He even talks about like, you need to pick out the artisans. Like, I just nobody can do this. You got to pick out like the specialists, like the, the people that are like the highest craftsmen and and metal or cloth or fabric to build this thing. Why? What is it a picture of? It's a picture of heaven. Tabernacle is a picture of the throne room of God. God was very particular, very specific. And then that carries over to the temple. Um, there's something about space. There's something about aesthetic that is supposed to engage the worshiper that's supposed to encourage the worshiper, inspire the worshiper. And historically, the church has always brought that in because there's always been a place to aesthetic. You can walk into certain churches and, and, and like there's a special thing to it. And, and all I'm saying is that isn't it weird that like the most modern, advanced, progressive churches in America are creating an aesthetic that WWE basically is doing that fake wrestling of all the things fake wrestling is doing not fake. Maybe it's not <laughs> fake. Yeah, maybe fake. you have it backwards. Maybe wrestling understands what draws people in similarly to church. You know, it's so they're the ones who actually are model, modeling it after church perhaps. So, so I mean, I mean, are you super comfortable, comfortable with that? I, I was going to say that, I mean, that basically, opens the door to the question of 
why are they running for that aesthetic? Right. Either of them, because the, well, let's be straight. If it works most... for, I mean, if it works for fake wrestling, cause it is fake and it uh, works for, use me. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Um, it means that you're looking for spectacle. Oh no. But, but I think... it means that you're, you're, Stand you're looking for, spe- right, for spectacle right. and it is designed for spectacle. I, I agree to an extent, but most churches nowadays are run like businesses rather than churches. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's parse. Let's, let's like that. Th- that can get into this, this, the conversation can de-evolve quickly you into this. I did I start this. No, I did start this. I, I'm, I don't want to go into the let's bash the seeker friendly church movement and, and its motivation. Cause we've done that. We've hammered. I think our, our position stands. I'm trying to actually take a different angle. That's a, that's different. Like I'm trying to evolve the conversation to a point where it's like more of a challenge. I think the challenge being, I think aesthetic is important. I think art is beautiful. I think the church historically has been on the forefront of it. I think as a church, and this is this is this is my heart for Calvary 316. You know, one of the things that, that we get constantly from now, visitors come and go, they don't always stay. But I will say, um, the 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 number one thing I get from anybody that walks into Calvary 316 is it's warm and it's totally different than anything they've ever encountered. We have a sweet vibe. Like the, what we've created aesthetically. Now, I think that, that we're also distinct on how we present the gospel and how we worship, how we do some other things. But the aesthetic, the tables, the wood, the the the, the, the materials has all been thought, thought out. It's all been contemplated in, in regards to how it would, it would, the, the effect would be carried forth. Like, like there's like, there's nothing about our building that wasn't thought through. I think that you've, I think you've made a tactical error in the way that you presented this conversation, which, you, which might not have been avoided. Again, we're kind of free. I mean, it's a free flow of consciousness. Here. Like the way that, the way that I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm trying to think all of this through and I'm having a hard time separating the things I dislike about the seeker friendly church from the aesthetic that they have. Because I think that if you were to ask any of them, they would say the same thing. They're every, every chair, every, the paint they use on the walls, how much smoke, which lights they have, all of those things they've thought through. And they have, no, for sure. Oh, they, no, would say absolutely. The, they would say absolutely everything is made for a purpose and they have that purpose. I think that their purpose is the same as WWE, which is Drop people spectacle. In. Draw, Draw people, people in, in for spectacle. sure, 100%. Yeah. So I think that the answer to the question in a lot of ways is that our biggest churches are chasing the same spectacle or the WWE the same spectacle does. crowd yeah. that I, the I WWE or the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever. You're, so I can't separate it from my feelings about the secret. I mean, for me. I, I, no, I get, you know I I get mean? that. No, I totally understand. I totally understand that. What I meant to say and what I'm trying to get to is like, I don't want, I'm not bringing this up to like bag on the seeker friendly church. That's, that's not my intention that I think we kind of all agree on that. Whatever I'm, I'm trying to actually maybe reach a different solution and have a different conversation about what should our ideal be? Like, what should we do? That, that's kind of where I'm trying to go. 
and and where my my own thoughts. I think have, it goes back to what I originally said: is if it's not distracting from the main purpose of what the church is, and what we're there for is the teaching of the saints, then then everything else is is not spectacle; it's just the aesthetic of it. And you, you see what I'm saying? I think I think we a lot of times we go so far to either side of. You know, you got like some churches that won't even have uh, musical instruments because they think it's a sin all the way to people that have 50 million people up on stage playing an instrument. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of these, it's a hard to find balance and it, each individual church body is different, you know, for what they need. But at the same time, I don't think we can just throw the baby out with the bathwater with saying this, if, if, if a smoke if a smoke machine and lasers is what your church needs and that's what God's calling you to have then then okay, let me, let me so give you let me it, give you I two guess. two examples interesting examples so you guys have heard of Chuck Smith mm-hmm. you heard of Chuck Smith Jr Mm-mm. okay so Just that's the guy's son. obviously his son. <laughs> Nailed it. Chuck Smith Jr. started a Calvary Chapel. And it was a big Calvary Chapel. Did you bury the lead on that? Is Chuck Smith Jr. the Chuck Smith that I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. This is Chuck Smith's son. Chuck Smith's son is Chuck Smith Jr. Who started a Calvary Chapel. Started a Calvary Chapel. Yes. Chuck Smith Jr. spoke at, at his father's funeral and killed it. I thought I thought that the way that you phrased that the start of this conversation was Chuck Smith and Chuck Smith Jr. Chuck Smith Jr. started Calvary Chapel. No, 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 no. No. So he started a Calvary He started chapel. A, a Calvary Chapel, a different Calvary Chapel. I forget what town it was. It was in Southern California. And 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 again, Chuck Smith Jr. kind of fell off the rails. Um I got some stories to that. I'm not endorsing Chuck. Smith. He's not even in the ministry anymore. I think he retired. But I, I did go to his church once when I was a teenager. My dad, we when we were in California, we went. And they were, they were, you know, there was the emergent church movement. That was a thing. But this was like a decade before that. It was like mid-90s. And Chuck Smith Jr. was doing things that nobody had done before. And and I remember distinctly three things that I had never seen before. And I'm a teenager. First, their stage was in the middle of 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 the auditorium. It was in the round. Everybody was around it. It was in the center, which was totally weird. And then they started where worship would be. Um, it was dark, you know, with lights. But then with certain songs, they had skylights that would open up and let natural light in. Like they used natural light as its own aesthetic which was super cool. Like I'd never seen that before. And then, and then they would, they would have during the worship set on stage in various places, they would have somebody doing pottery or someone painting, you know, their, their expression of, of, of their worship to the Lord. Like it was weird. It was weird. I'm not condoning any of it. I'm not condoning, but what it was, was unlike anything you ever seen. You didn't see the world doing any of that. Like you saw actual creativity you saw ingenuity. You saw pushing some of the envelope. Now, sadly, his theology also went to push the envelope, and he became a heretic. But like the 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 aesthetic of what they were like, 
you weren't going to go see U2 play and it, and it be like, oh, well, that's just, you know, they're trying to copy something. They were like actually using like, like a creative bent. And, you know, when, and when you do art, like some things work, some things don't like you, you kind of ebb and flow, you know, not every church is going to be able to have like robotic skylights that open up, you know, it, it was his own thing. Um, but it was different. Second illustration. So in the early two thousands, um, you had one of the, one of the most progressive tech revolutions ever from, you know, what Apple was doing with, with MP3s, podcasting, video, video podcasting on and on and on. Like there was a, a lot of things changed in a hurry. Like we went from cassette tapes to CDs and then CDs and DVDs very quickly became obsolete fast in Blu-ray had a moment and then was gone. Like, you know, you, you can, you can track that with the blockbuster rise and fall and study Netflix and how they survived. But in the middle of all that is you had, you had a guy pastoring a church in Seattle, which is a super tech area. It's Microsoft. And he had a ton of tech people coming to his church. His name is Mark Driscoll. Better for worse, whatever. I don't want to get into that. But what's interesting is if you study the, the history, he was one of the first pastors to have MP3s on his website. Like to offer free downloaded MP3s. And then like it grew so fast that when Apple was 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 creating the first um what was it, the iPod video? The the first iPod that had video content. So, you know, it's a particular screen size. And so they need content available when they release it. Because if you release it and there's no content, it falls flat. Mars Hill Church was contacted by Apple because their online presence was so trendy and big that they gave them the early specs to the video and the, the algorithm, the, the compression files, so that they, Mark Driscoll was one of the most downloaded video logs anywhere but but the, but what's interesting like tech the technology like who was on the front forefront again whatever your opinion is of mark driscoll or not who cares but i'm just saying like like there was the church itself and, and for better or for worse that's a whole nother conversation what was good or bad is it though is it a different conversation no, no because no that's a different conversation that that's not what i'm wanting to introduce i know where you're okay. going because you've listened to the same thing i have I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. I don't want to just go on Mark Driscoll though. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm using him as an example. No, of, that's not what I'm going to say. Of being creative and artistic and pushing the envelope and, in, in areas where why not have the world try to catch up with the church? Because, so this is what I'm going to say. I don't, I don't necessarily think that pushing the envelope is a great idea. You've made, you mentioned two. Oh, pastors. I just say the whole church, the church you, you've mentioned, historically has always pushed the envelope. You mentioned two pastors who were, pushing the envelope, both of whom have major issues for sure. Then you have, and like you go back to the people who built like, like the guy who painted the Sistine chapel. It was one of the Ninja turtles. I don't remember. Michelangelo did the Sistine chapel. Um, not a Christian. The guy who made, you know, how do you know he's not a Christian? Like 60%. That's not a strong percentage uh, to just condemn the guy to hell. I'm not, I'm not condemning the guy to hell. Don't don't, don't go too far. You don't know him. I'm just saying that a lot of like the medieval artists were not Christians. 
they worked for the church, but they were not themselves Christians. I get that. And again, this is an open so, conversation. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if, I think that it is important for a church, like a small C church, to, to find an aesthetic that works for them and works for their people, like we have with 316. I do not think that progress for progress sake is a good idea. I don't, I, I agree I don't with know you. that. I like, think that's a, a very good, like that idea yes. of trying to, to push forward. I think that's actually how a lot of the seeker friendly churches got to where they are. I, I, and, you know emergent, what I mean? and the, the whole emergent movement was based on that. Like let's, right. let's be progressive or trendy for trendy sake. Ironically, they were just copying the world too. Right, because nothing is new under the sun. Like well, nice, back, Sol- nice Solomon reference. Back Thank you. then, you know, churches were major economic powerhouses. They are today. <laughs> not the way that they were. I agree the with Roman you. Roman Catholic Church still owns a lot of land. Well, the, yeah. like that. I, I mean, know the broad, the broader idea that you're presenting. One, I understand. It was a large structure. Yes, mm-hmm. For sure. And then now it's very fractured. Not saying that churches don't have, you know, a lot of money. Some churches have not ours. Yeah, (laughs) Um, we might have the moon, you know, the 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 lighting thing there on the roof. But you know that plays that plays a huge role in it. If you don't, if you're not as, if you look at the United States government, for example, when it was founded, there was a separation of church and state, and so I think there was probably a reason for that. Because in the days of those churches that were built, the church was the state. And so a lot of money was, that was where the money was funneled. And so they were able to, over the lifetimes of men, build these fantastic structures. Right. No, that's, that's fair. Let me, let me maybe, let me say it this way and see if this resonates. Because again, we're, we're, we're free flow consciousness working on an idea that I had on the treadmill watching a TV across the room. So let's be right. real. Also, you started this conversation by saying not to make this a whole deal. Well, that's true. Do real quick. Do we have any any comments online? Like, you need to be more aggressive on interjecting when they arise. You know me; I'm very aggressive. We do have a few. Um, your wife says, my, "My wife." Yes. What? I know. I thought it was crazy too. What? She said, "Yes." There's oh, something the pretty artist, special. Jessica Adams, who wrote a, <laughs> a book that you can find on Amazon. Hold on, start over. And Amazon, yeah, go, yeah, go for it again. Uh, I believe it's a Christmas book, so you and can go it, ahead and get one. of It's those on Amazon. It's on uh, Amazon, Amazon Christmas. Uh, yeah, an Amazon Christmas. Thanks, yeah, Justin. That author, that. yeah, uh, says that there is something pretty special about our warehouse. We do church in, which is true. We have a great vibe, and it is a warehouse. Um, and then Justin's second favorite, Karen says, hello. And that she believes the, uh, chapel or not chapel. The cathedral you were referencing is St. Basil's in Moscow. Uh, yeah. She, her, she follows some of the same accounts I, I do on X. So yeah, probably she would be right. the person to know. Yes, for sure. She also says that even Stalin wouldn't touch it or the czar's church and the Kremlin, which is interesting that even Stalin left them alone and he was not a pious man. So, so here's, here's, does, I, I, I think this is kind of where I'm trying to go. Um, I think it's comical. You look at WWE and in the aesthetic, you know, that's, that's the best the church is doing. Like churches with the most money 
and 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 the, the they can do whatever they want to do. The best they're doing is WWE. So for you- for all for all the reasons whatever. And and to me, I just thought my thought was Man, we worship and serve and follow the God of the universe, the most creative being in existence. With the ingenuity that hung stars in the sky and, and created the most wildest animals you could you could ever see or or landscapes like that made the sunrise and the sunset and then you look at what happens in heaven and it's like it blows your mind and it's like this is the god we follow who said i created you in my image and likeness and and then like and then when it's when it comes to like the worship of him in the old testament he's like boom I, like I'll get very specific. You use these stones and this fabric, and this is how you do it. And it's gold, and this is the wood I want. Like he he gets so specific, and like there's such a creative bent to it. And he wants the choice artisans, and like and it's not even just like, you know, hey, worship me. He's kind of clear. Like no, you're gonna get the best musicians to be out front doing this. Like he's so particular. And, and my only point is like, I love being modern. I I love pushing it. I like there, there's so much, but it's like let's 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 get rid of. This is how the world does it, and let let's try to rethink things. So do you think? Where it's like, hey, let's be creative, let's do something different. Worship, the music. Well, we can do music that resonates artistically to the, the popular culture. I've read a book. I just finished it by Rick Rubin. Who's produced everybody run DMC to, I mean, I mean, I mean you, go, you go down the gamut run DMC is a system of a down just to, to a system of down to wallflowers by um, whatever his name is. Like he, he's done everybody and, and he wrote a book about creativity. And, and one of this big things to artists is like, don't care what people want to hear because that's not your job. Your job is to introduce to the ear what they don't know they want. Mm. Like don't ever produce, don't ever write, don't ever orchestrate. Like, Oh, they, they'll, someone will love this. You do what you love because the true artist is always creating a new standard of what people don't know what they want to hear it. So do you and think my, my, real quick, I, I'm not, I'm not dodging, but my point is that like as, as church, instead of like looking at like what works in the world and trying to copy it, and maybe there's some elements that you implement, like it, it is what it is like, but maybe we should just have, take a step back and like, let's be different. And like, let's, and that's why I brought up Chuck Jr. and Mark Driscoll, not, not in the sense of like promoting either of them. Cause again, they're, they're both maniacs, but like, but at least they were daring enough to like, let's do something different. Let's try something creative. Let's not emulate because we know that'll be successful, but let like, let's try to let the image and likeness as a light bearer of, of God manifest in, in, in something different. Again, I think, I think Calvary 316, the aesthetic of our church does that. There's no other church that you're going to walk into that's like ours. That's true. 
Now you're going to walk into some churches and they're probably cooler and they've spent more money. They got more technology, but like we've taken what we've had, what we have. And we've, we've again, like, like you were saying, Craig, we've tailored it to our, our people and what we're trying to do, but we've, but we've done something different, not for different sake, but, but we're not copying someone. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, that's my point. Like, like I look at, I look, I just, again, I watched this, this WWE production and it was like, it was just eerie how, well, that's kind of like the most quote creative churches as the same thing. And you look at, you listen to the music. Like again, we play Bethel and Hillsong and Jesus culture. We play them all. And that's great. And there's some wonderful songs. Like the songwriting is fantastic. But I will say like, as far as the creativity of the music itself, it's not. It is pretty cookie cutter. It's the same chords repeated, same structures. Like there's not much that you listen to and you're like, well, that was, hey, lyrically, this is wonderful. I res, it, right, you know, it's, 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 it's beautiful. But like, wh- like, are we taking any risks musically? It's one of the things I love about Andy, I'll be honest, is and Andy's one of our worship leaders, been our worship leader for since the beginning. And Matthew Jinks, who's played with worship bands all over the place. One of the reasons he loves to play with, with Andy and me is it's like, there's nothing else like this around anywhere. Yeah. There's no worship that's like that musically period. And to me, it's like, okay, I think there's a balance, which is why we have Aaron and, and, and Aaron and Ashton, although I think very creative and we're kind of like Jimmy world worship, which is different. Um, there's a balance to it all, but I'm just saying like, like, I don't know. I just was inspired today by, Hey, let's, let's maybe get bigger in the way that we think about things and the way that we imagine things and the way that we take risks with things. Um, Creighton, you know this, like as a, as a youth pastor, I was vlogging before that was a thing. <laughs> like the 66, I was, I was releasing, Vlogging. hold on. I was releasing Vlogging. seven videos a week. You remember? Yes, I remember. And then like nobody ever watched it or cared or could even get to it. But like, it was like, wow, this is kind of like, we've been podcasting forever. I mean, I am, I am absolutely on board with the idea of, I will go to Justin in a second. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely on board with the idea of being, you're not very creative to begin with. I am not a very creative person. I I get that. But I am on board with the idea of, of stretching what you have to, to test your limits, to be like the idea of, of being more like, for instance, uh, I think like four, maybe five years ago, a friend of mine came to me and was like, I'm thinking about doing this show. And I was like, that's going to be weird. And here we are four years later and I love it. And it's great. Like, I love the idea of doing new things, trying things. I'm not trying to say that, that any progress is bad. And no, there fact, are pro- there is progress is bad. That's not what agreed. I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm on board with the idea of, of like, Hey, let's do our own thing. Because I agree. I think, I think the thing that hit home with me was you, was the, was the, worship music talk CCM like contemporary Christian music has sounded the same for the last 20 years. 
25 years. It's all just like whatever more poppy Taylor Swift is. It's like just on that side of pop. If I didn't know the lyrics, I would have a hard time separating them as someone who doesn't listen to pop music. Like I get that. I'm on board with the idea of let's, let's go back to hymns. Let's do something that people don't do. I'm on board with that. We could not go back to hymns, but still do something different. That's I'm true. I'm on board with for that. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Justin, you've been, you've been kind of chomping at the bit over there. Yeah. I got. I have a question. I'm trying to figure out how to formulate it in in the way that makes sense, because I'm not an artistic person. I, you know, I, I color outside the lines most times, um, which and, maybe makes you very artistic, right? I don't know. <laughs> Arguably, Autist, autistic, right? <laughs> so, uh, I guess the the main question I have is, God gives us gifts. Some are artists. Some are this. Some are that. You know. At what point does the, the the showiness of stuff, like when do you say this is a movement of God? And, and I think, the, the I guess, where does the spirit come into play of this? Because that, that seems to be the main the main catalyst for, for the, the creativity in the church, that these, these great churches in Europe and the, these movements of God is, is the spirit move people. And it, it might have just started out with something small and, 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 almost seemingly stupid, but the spirit was moving and it turned into something bigger. So where does that come into play? So, so that's great. That's a a wonderful setup. Um, So next week uh, we're going to have a guest. Um, We're going to do an interview next week with a guest. Um, His name's Ed McTaggart. Uh, And Ed was the original drummer for an early Christian, uh, uh, Christian band known as Daniel Amos. He was the original drummer still their drummer. He's been with them for four decades. Um, Ed McTaggart was in the famous tent um, with Pastor Chuck uh, back in the day. Um, if you see the Jesus Revolution movie and they're in the tent, they, they, show co- they showcase love song, but Daniel Amos was right there with them all. Um, and, and he can speak to like that early, like the, your question, because he's a musician. Um. So Ed's going to be be with us next week, and we're going to do an episode um, and kind of interview, hear his story. I think that's a great question to ask someone like Ed, because because to me the big question would be, um, what made what made the early manifestations of Christian music unique and different, special? Like, was it just a co- copycat of what was going on in the world? Right, and uh, that's the Crosby, I'm at. Stills, and Nash, but it's just Christian, and that's where I'm getting at. Even if yeah. the, if, if if a church has a WWE feel, but it's movement, it's move, moving by the spirit. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you see, like Hulk Hogan just got baptized, and like you, you know, he's been pretty outspoken lately since then yeah. about his faith. I mean, you, you see this, and I think that's the main the main indicator for me of. of I don't. I don't care how cheesy or how mainstream it is. If, if it's an obvious move of God, then it's a move of God and the spirits there. I We've think, kind I think, of talked about that in terms of um, Harvest Ministries, because like I'm, I'm totally on board with that as a like. How do we put it when we were talking about Harvest Ministries? Is like a if you want to be the evangelist, go and lead people to God, and then send them to churches in their area. It, right. It's like I'd have no problems right. at all with Passion Church, Louis Giglio, if they just remove church 
And she's like, right. hey, we're an evangelical outreach. Our whole purpose is to get people saved. and But that doesn't make us a church. And then we want to pivot you into church. Like, I would have so so much respect for that. Agreed. Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess trying to, to resolve this, you know, before I resolve this, you don't know, nobody knows this. So February 4th, Sunday, February 4th. Oh, you'll actually know. So remember when we were in um, this past May, when you and Nick went with me to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and I taught um, the, the the men's conference. That was the first time I had shared my testimony. You guys went to make sure that uh, you could open doors and that I could, yeah, get luggage out of overhead containers. And I killed you both with my snoring. Oh my good God. Yeah. (laughs) It was a one night of, you remember Paul Clark, Clark, that, um, that night white hair guitar player that what, what was your thoughts? He was great. He was awesome. And he's, he is a pioneer of Christian music. Um, played with Phil Kagey, played with everybody. And uh, he did that song that sounded like Leonard Cohen. Yes. That was awesome. So remember we were, we were hanging out and, um, and I told him, I was like, Hey, anytime you're coming through town, holler at me. So February 4th, Paul Clark is coming through town. We're going to do worship like normal, but then, um, Paul and I are going to do a Q and a and talk about the Jesus movement. Talk about the early days. He's going to have his guitar with him and play some songs throughout it. Um, you know, songs that kind of reflect the time. We're going to do a totally different type of service. We're not going to have a normal Bible study. Oh, boy. And, uh, and But Paul Paul's going to be with us. It's, this happened today, literally today. Um, I talked to him, and uh, and we're going to do it, which I think will be super cool. There's a lot of interest. You know, this year, um, Love Song, which is one of the original pioneers of Christian music, there's a whole documentary coming out about them. But Paul was right in the middle of all of it. And uh, and we're going to do a cool thing. Oh, that's exciting. I liked him. Oh, and that song. Um, yes. Um, Sharpen the Axe was the name of the song. Yes. Was pretty sweet. And yeah. that is not an allegory. It was metaphor. <laughs> both. But there you go. Now, Isaac, you'll, you'll, but you want to talk about a guy that's doing something creative? Like, mm-hmm. you know. So wrapping this up. Any any other comments on the interwebs? Uh, we have one from Jeff. It says, and this uh, echoes Justin's sentiment, which is different styles of church appeal to different people and different depths of sanctification. If theatrics open someone's heart to hear a shallow water faith to later be called into a deeper water faith, uh, to a deeper water faith elsewhere, I don't see an issue with it. Each serve a purpose for where God has them in that moment. Which I agree, and it kind of goes back to how we were talking about uh, Harvest Ministries and uh, I see, Louis I see, Giglio. But, but so, what I would say, and the, Jeff, do we have a last name? Just got. I have a last name, and I'm. We don't generally use last names. You have an initial. I'm kind of curious. G. Okay, I I don't know. Um, he goes to our church. You would know his last name if you heard it. So. So th- this would be. This would be my. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking that at all. My my uncle pastors one of these churches. And it's it's huge. But like the template for this has been Willow Creek. Historically, Willow Creek in Chicago was the 
um, Bill Hybel. It was the poster. It was it was the original seeker friendly church. It was the largest church in America for years, and that was the whole model. And then they did a study on the effectiveness of the model, and they discovered that it failed. That yes, they might have gotten people saved, but what Jeff is alluding to, like, well, then they can then go somewhere to be to grow, doesn't actually happen. Um, there, there's a there's a, a particular power to the message of the gospel, and what are you getting from the gospel? And what what again, seeker friendly churches, what they're presenting is not really the gospel, because they don't talk about sin, they don't talk about repentance, they don't talk about like accepting that who I am is not good, like that I need to change. It's a it's a watered down version. It's it's a it's a version of the gospel of. I come to Jesus for what I can get, whether it's a golden ticket or a better life or life more abundantly. But it's not about, it's not about I'm broken. I need transformation. Um, it, I'm not, I'm not okay who I am. I need to be somebody different. So what happens is because they're not really getting the gospel, they're converting to an anti-gospel. So they're accepting it. And then what happens is that in the course of time, they come to realize like, well, wait a second. Now you're saying, I need to change, but I'm not, I didn't sign up for that. Like that's not, that was not what what I was sold on. And again, Willow Creek, they they, like, it doesn't work because again, what, what are you actually selling? If you're not presenting the truth, the, the cold truth, then what are people converting to? They're, they're converting to a humanist presentation of the gospel, which is not a gospel at all. And that's, that's the danger, which is why you see, and, and, like, let's set aside seeker friendly. That's why you have a problem with crusades. Mm-hmm. Like for all the good that Billy Graham did or Greg Laurie did, or like Billy Sunday, even before that, like big crusades, it's like what gospel is really being given. And that becomes very great conversion rates. But what happens? They never follow through. Are they really conversion rates? So, you know, you know, that's where, that's where it's, I, I think it, it becomes a little more problematic again mm-hmm. to, to, to address Jeff's, Jeff's question. Uh, we're, we're already, already long. I want to give spice daddy, um, football mom, you guys, uh, Thank you. any, any final thoughts? Again, I think it boils down to the movement of God, this spirit. If it's on it, if it's on a WWE match, it's on WWE match. If it's on a acapella only kind of worship service, and that that's where Gaither God vocal is. band versus what was the uh, the the Christian group that tore like phone books in half? Oh, the Power Team. Power Team. Power Team. Power Team versus the Gaither vocal band. Right. I mean, you, basically, that's a good example. Like, I, I think the, remember, the, remember the I was it MTV or, or VH1 that did the celebrity grunge matches. Remember yeah. the clay, claymation yes. figures uh-huh. that fought. Pretty sure that. Celebrity, I want to see a. Pa- I want to see someone come up with a power team versus Gaither vocal <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> celebrity grunge what, match. I think that's what it boils down to for me. Is it, 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 if there's an obvious movement of the spirit, then who am I to say it's one mm. thing or another? Yeah, no, I, I'm with that. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I think about the Bible, it's not. When you think about the Bible, think what about, an you, opening. You know, it's going to be. When a, I think about God, love the dove, <laughs> and the Bible. It's not a particularly flashy book. Um, a lot of the covers are black or maybe dark red. 
Um, there's no. Listen, co- there are there. It's gold leaf. Not and <laughs> they're red letters where Jesus talks. So how many books you have with red letters for one of the characters? Yeah, uh, like not four many. total. In Honestly, you you're Five not reading your Bible like me out of a scroll. So you're that's pro- your problem. <laughs> that is a problem. Yeah, parchment. But you know, it's a medium. It's what's in the Bible that matters. Obviously, you've got hundreds of books here, but none of them hold a candle to the Bible and its importance because of the contents of what it says, which is what makes our church special in that you go verse by verse. But, you know, I don't think it's bad that these other books maybe write like the Bible or you know, have a similar appearance as the Bible. It's about, you know, the contents of what's in it. Is it change? Is it help? Is it changing people's lives? So, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily a right way. There's definitely a wrong way, but I don't know that there's a right way. You know, I think as long as you're aligning yourself with the Bible and I, and honestly, this is just my last point here. God specified exactly what he wanted his what worship room or yeah the tabernacle yeah and was that the i mean is is it not applicable in the new testament what's going on there so so we're the temple of the living god and and there seems to be freedom in regards to the the expression of it okay that that's a good question which i know today was supposed to be one of your questions so that was not my question you can but, you, you can know. you can file that back but i i i, I actually want and again, kind of in closing, real quick, Creighton, you get anything? Because I'm going to uh, ask Isaac something here before. I do not, but I do want to say that I like that question, Isaac. You should file that one away. We should use that later. Sure. So you want to you want to sign out real quick? Because I'm going to bounce after I talk to Isaac, Creighton. Uh, sure. I guess that's what I'm doing. Is I'm bou- as I'm signing out right now. Okay. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah, it's a new thing we're doing. It's Creighton signing out. <laughs> so, so hey, Isaac, I, I, I will say, um. You are intrinsically a creative person. Like I would, I would say you're creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a drummer. You play electric guitar by ear. Um, you make chocolate on your free time out of natural honey. Mm-hmm. Um, you like, you like, to, like. There's, there is an artistic. Um, maybe you're left hemisphere dominant or not. I mean, I am left-handed. What he's saying is, you should make chocolate for Jesus. He does. He brings it here um, for Jesus. Um, but but I'm, but but my point is that that you are um, you're what I would define as a creative person. I think you think creatively, like even back to like like and again not to get into it, but like the crazy Bitcoin story that that you shared a few nights ago, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Like you you like to think outside of the box of of convention and i guess what what, what i'm trying to say and, and what i'm i'm actually kind of hoping resonates um is i, I want this to the, the whole conversation to be a challenge to creative people of like i don't want to emulate the world in my expression of what the lord's done for me like i want to do something different I, like I want, I want, I want whatever that is to be natural and and to flow forth. But like, 
I don't, I don't want to just do what everyone else does because it's popular or it's successful. Like there's something about God using creative people to be creative because he's the creator, right? right? Like, does, does that make sense? I guess I'm just trying to kind of ping you there. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I do enjoy the creative process. I think that and in, in our own right, each of us, you know, is a, a creator in some sense. Um, and I just want to shoot the challenge right back at you. Yeah. Um, you know, Saturday mornings. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah, no, I'm not showing up at the church at 7 a.m. to play music with you knuckleheads. We because are... I'm not that. I'm not. Um, I say that. I, I play bass like nobody plays bass because I, I don't listen to anybody play bass. Mm-hmm. And because your fingers don't work. <laughs> hey. Hey, I saw the opportunity. What are you talking about? Look at that. Look at those. Look at those things moving. signing out. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Thank Justin's get, that means that Justin has to pee. No, no. I, just I was just so get, everybody knows like there are No, I went before, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to sign out now. We do. No, we I was do. saying Creighton already signed out. What's he doing talking to me? That's true. No. That's what I was getting So at. you sign out, Spice Daddy. I, I was going to sign out like <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that was epic i told you i'm not a creative person football football mom uh it's been a real pleasure and i all right enough of that guys goodbye yeah enough of that (laughs) all right well hey thank you so much for being with us tonight i hope you were edified by the conversation it 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 went a little bit in a different direction uh, which i think is something fresh about the show is that we, we really try not to stay in a box and we're just brothers talking about the Lord. True. And talking I love boxes. Yeah. Your mic's not even close to your face, Craig. I know. I'm talking about Yeah. That. So anyway, um, again, thank you for joining us. If you're watching uh, YouTube or Facebook, check out the podcast. If you're listening, check out the live stream on Wednesday nights. And don't forget that next Wednesday, Ed McTaggart will be with us from Daniel Amos Band. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful conversation about Jesus. So God bless. See you guys next week.